Radio Football Show. Hosted by Rob McLean, John Hartson and Stephen Cragen. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Two nights away from two massive matches for Rangers and Celtic as European football kicks off again this week. Celtic back to Seville on Thursday. It's a 5.45 kickoff in Spain. Real Betis against Celtic. Um, sadly, John, there's no tickets for the Celtic fans for that game, but it's not going to stop a lot of people travelling, you would imagine, because it's like a, a bit of a pilgrimage, isn't it? I think there'll be thousands there, Rob. Um, you know, I'm hearing that the Celtic fans got their tickets early when, when the, the groups were made um, going back to Seville uh, you know it's sentimental value a lot of them haven't been back since that great cup run we had in the UEFA Cup back in 2003 so if you look at that side of things as well I think even though they may not be able to get into the stadium if they can't sort of weave their way in any way or if there's a sort of, you know, they welcome the Celtic fans in in certain places which they've been told um, they're not allowed in. I think they a lot of Celtic fans will want to travel over there if, if they've already invested in their tickets. So I would imagine there'd be quite a few Celtic fans going to... Uh, going to Seville on Thursday night. It's going to be a special night. It just brings those memories uh, flooding back of that amazing run to the UEFA Cup final, as John says, back in 2003. Injury deprived him of playing in that. We'll speak um, about that um, shortly. It's a doubleheader, of course, for 
Celtic, then Rangers, 5.45 kick-off in Seville. Then it's Ibrox, 8 o'clock, Crags. Uh, you and I will be there for Rangers against Lyon. And it's only when you start to do a little bit of research <laughs> about Lyon and the quality they have and the players they've brought in, it's going to be tough. Well, it's a step up in levels, isn't it? You know, Rangers have been progressing as the games have gone on recently. But this was a big step up for them. And if there's one game where you want to bounce back in form and you want your your top players to really hit top gear, then this is the one to do it. And they're going to be a tough challenge. It'll be a it'll be an exciting night. Ibrox will be packed, and no doubt the players will want to put on a big performance. Stephen Craig and John Hartson, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show on a Tuesday night. So we're all involved in the coverage this week uh, of the Europa League, both uh, Celtic and Rangers, John. And it's just there's a real buzz, isn't there, as this next phase of Europe kicks off. The qualification process has had its ups and downs, but now it's all about doing what you can, doing the best you can in these group stages which start on Thursday. Yeah, I think it's it's... It's a welcome sort of um, opportunity for the players to go and play in Europe. I think the supporters on both sides, Celtic and Rangers, they they love the big European nights. Yes, okay, they would like to be in the Champions League. I think the clubs are big enough to be in the Champions League. They both had experience in the past. But it's an Europa League. It's still some fantastic games to look forward to. You've mentioned Leon. They're a top team, you know, playing in uh, in in the um, League One in, in the French league, and of course Real Betis. They had a good win the other, uh, last night, which is strange looking at played last night. They're yeah. playing again Thursday, so they got off the mark last night. That was their first win of the season. Played Granada, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, they they really they meant to be exciting for the fans. Great trips, but obviously. We've already spoken about um, maybe you know Celtic fans. I think they will go to to um, to Seville and to watch Real Betis, and they maybe watch it in the clubs and the, the bars and things over there if they can't get into the ground. But um, there's some other real good ties as well to come, um, you know, for both clubs. The team news is going to be interesting, isn't it? Uh, leading up to this, uh, both teams would love to think that they would be going into these games at full strength. It's not going to be that way. Kyogo is an obvious uh, VIP missing for Celtic. And as for Rangers, I guess the big question mark is about central defence for them. Mm. Connor Goldson didn't play at the weekend and Philip Hillander went off injured. Um, if they're minus those two on Thursday night, and there seems to be a reasonable chance they will be, Crags, are we talking Balogun and Bassey in central defence? Well, that's the only option they have because Jack Simpson wasn't registered in the Europa League squad. Uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Stephen Gerrard mm. you know, might have protected himself a little bit more, but probably in the back of his mind, he had that Bassey can play as a left-back or as a left-central defender. Worst-case scenario. He didn't think it was going to come in the first game. So when you miss Conor Goldson, when you miss Philip Hollander, Bassey hasn't played at centre-half for Rangers since we covered a game against Falkirk back in November 2020. That's almost a oh. year ago. I mean, he hasn't played an awful lot of first-team footballers since then, never mind playing at central yeah. defence. So suddenly you're up against Moussa Dembele. You know, and and also if Hollander's fit and if Golson's fit, would Balogun be your first choice? So you could almost be going to your third and your fifth-choice central defenders to go in and play in such a big game. And what Rangers have shown over the last number of years in European football is that when they're at their strongest and they're a fully fit squad, they're more than competitive and they're more than capable of beating Porto at home and, and, and Feyenoord at home. Um, you know, I think you drew with young boys at Burn, beating Standard Liège comfortably, beating Royal Antwerp. So they've certainly got it in their locker. These nights seem to bring out the best in the Rangers players. It may be a little bit more difficult now because you're missing, you know, I'm, I'm saying you're rock at the back, but that's what Conor Colson's been. Mm. I think it was a, a, 
he ended a run of 81 consecutive starts for Rangers. So, big ask, but ultimately, that's why you have the squad. That's why you have the squad ahead. That's why you bring in the extra players to beef it up a little bit for you. But there's no doubt it will be a tough night. But it's an exciting night. You know, when you're a player, you want to play against good sides and be under the cosh a little bit and get used to defending and go and attack the game. Rangers will be fed up playing in games where they have the ball 90% of the time. Tomorrow night's a real 50-50 game and no doubt the players will thrive in that. I was looking at uh, Lyon's uh, European record, John, and uh, going back 21 seasons, so back to back to the year 2000, they have only once in that time not been in the group stages of either the Europa League mm. or the Champions League. I mean, that... Was that, that last is, season? That, uh, I'm, I'm not sure it was... I'm not sure which season it was, but certainly I just... I think one of... Reason. I think it's just one of 21. Anyway, it all adds up to amazing European yeah. consistency they're that sort of team you do think of them don't don't you as making an impact in Europe two seasons ago they were in the Champions League semi-finals yeah they, they're um, they, you know, they've been consistent haven't they in terms of Europe and that's why they they can get big money for players and they can they can spend big money as well I remember going there with Celtic actually yeah. and I think it was the year 2000. That was, was it not in Leon that Henrik broke his leg? Henrik broke his leg. No, that, yeah. Henrik did that before I arrived at the club. That right, was well, was it against Leon then? That was, was against the Leon as well. It was against Leon. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Leon and I think we got beat 2-1. I, I got Celtic's goal that night in front of a massive travelling support and the brilliant midfield player, Janino. Yeah. Free kicks. There's so many, you know, not not the little Janino. Not the Brazilian one. Yeah, yeah. It's a Brazilian one, but the taller taller version. He's a genius at free kicks. I've seen some of the videos, you know, his best goals and stuff. He's hit some from 40, 35, 40 yards in top corners. And I think we got beat there one night. But um, no, you know, Memphis Depay has just left there for big money to go to to go to Barcelona you know we know about them. left on free John I think he went on a Bosman that, that would be a killer for them because his contract was up yeah. and he left on a free right. okay. because he paid big money for him for Manchester United yeah. and they're the kind of club that bring them in you know buff them up and, and sell them on again for big money so I know yeah. that was a big blow for them they were desperate for him to sign a contract and he ended up going to well he certainly went to Barcelona for big money himself that's yeah. for sure maybe yeah. not the club didn't well obviously Bochang Bochang is there obviously the, you know, signed him from Bayern Munich mm. and Shaqiri what did Shaqiri cross was it 11 million from yeah, I think he was about 5 million was he that yeah strangely I, I, right. I can't understand why but I think he's on big wages so I don't know mm-hmm. if they balanced off so we will so they've got less. some good players you know but Rangers are at home they'll have a, they'll have a big vociferous crowd mm-hmm. um they probably need to improve the way they played at the weekend against St. Johnson in the first half. But, you know, I think Steve Gerrard will know that. They show great character, you know, coming back um, and winning the game at the weekend. But in European football, it seems to bring the best out of everybody because you know you've got to be at your best. Everybody's got to be in sync. Everybody's got to be quick to the ball. You know, you've got to look over your shoulder. You've got to see play- players come in and your passing's got to be crisp on the night, otherwise you'll get beat because you're against, you're against top top opposition. And the amount of times that Celtic and Rangers have both stepped up against great opposition in Europe over the years is, is fantastic. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the football chat. What do you think about the chances of Rangers and Celtic? On Thursday, what do you think about the fact that Rangers are back on top of the Premiership? Is that where they are going to stay for the rest of the season? What about Hearts and Hibs? They're still up there. Drew 
at the weekend? Are, are they going to hang about uh, towards the top end of the table? Can you say the same of Motherwell Crags as well? Two points yeah. off the pace in the Premiership. That's nosebleed territory, well, isn't it? I, I think they know at the end of this season the league winners go into the Champions League group stages, Rob. So <laughs> I can imagine there's a few Motherwell fans getting a little bit carried away. I have to say, when I watched them in the in the League Cup earlier in the season, the Premier Sports Cup, I didn't see this coming. I just felt again, I watched them against Queen's Park, I saw them against Airdrie, saw them against Annan, I uh, watched the best parts of the game against Queen of the South and I thought they could be in a little bit of trouble. Their first league game of the season against Tibbs was night and day from what I had watched in the previous four uh, cup games. Really had a good crowd, good vibe about the team, a real threat. They then struggled a little bit. They drew St. Johnson, lost against Dundee and since then they've won three games in a row. So they found a way to win games. I don't think they're the most entertaining team in the world but ultimately they're solid at the back. You've got two central defenders, uh, is it Uyala and um, Johansson you brought in recently mm-hmm. old fashioned centre half so when I go and head the ball and, and tackle and break play up and you know be hard to play against that's what you've got to be you've got to have a base to build from uh, and it's working at the minute so long may it continue yesterday going to the Ibrox on Sunday I don't think they've been in better form for many years going to the Ibrox won three in a row last time Motherwell won at Ibrox Rob in the league can you remember were you no. playing Craig no. that's why you mentioned I it I know I no, I'd, I'd never <laughs> won there 5th of May 1997. Wow. Rangers were going for nine in a row. They won nine in a row at Tanadice on the Tuesday, the Wednesday. Oh. Three subs for Rangers that night come on in the game. Probably one of the best trails of subs in Scottish football. McCoist, Durant, Gascoigne. <laughs> Mother will beat them 2 0 at Owen Coyle got a penalty and got one later on. I take it you're good in a pub quiz, are you? No, <laughs> only because I was at the club at the time and they stayed up. Mother will, I think, drew 2 2 with Infirmland on the last day of the season. Uh, Mitchell van der Gaag scored a wonder free kick mm. and that kept them in, in the top flight. If they hadn't have won an Ibrox that day, they'd have been relegated. And when you say Mitchell van der Gaag, I'll throw back at you uh, Kevin van Veen. He could be a, oh. a big player for, for Motherwell this season. He, he's a goal scorer, but, he, but he's got more than that about him as well. Well, he, he likes to entertain, doesn't he? You know, he wants to take the ball in. He's got a little bit of a flick. He's got a bit of that kind of Dutch arrogance about them, which is a good thing. You know, they certainly believe in their own ability. He wants to back in the players. He's a fan's favourite already. You know, I... I, I remember after the first game against Queen of the South, he had missed about four chances and people were saying he's a cult hero. I'm thinking, cult heroes are normally people that score goals, not players that don't score goals. But then when you watch him play, he's got a bit of finesse. He, you know, he likes himself a little bit. So um, he leads the line very well. He, you know, His big issue is he's got to stay fit. But certainly, at the minute, they're looking good. So you might want to talk, about, talk to us about Motherwell and the way they've started the season. That is a great haul from their last four league games. Ten points out of 12. Ten in the table are already nine ahead of Livingston at the bottom. So it's 0808 17 17 700. Text GO on your message to 87474 on the socials at GO football show you might want to speak about Odson Edouard who uh, didn't take long to open his account for Crystal Palace at the weekend where, where is Georgius Jakumakis Celtic's new signing and when is he going to be available how long will Albion Ayeti have to hold down that main striking spot in the absence of Kyogo Furuhashi and of course Champions League opening up tonight Barca Bayern uh, gets the juices going. Young boys at home to Manchester United. Chelsea, the defending champions, are at home to Zenit St. Petersburg. Cristiano Ronaldo looking to get back among the European goals. Back in a Manchester United shirt, of course. So get in touch with us. And of course, Rangers, as we've been saying, are top of the Premiership. And this was Stephen Gerrard talking uh, after their win against St. Johnston in Perth at the weekend. 
I think it's a bit of everything. Look, we're, we're champions for a reason, because we've got good players, but we also know how to win. We've had to go late and deep and, and, and find a way against Celtic. We've had to do the same today. And that's what gets you there uh, in the end, is always finding a way when you're asked a question. St. Johnson asked that question today and we found the answer. There was something very bullish, wasn't there, there about Steven Gerrard and, and his reaction after that game. You just wonder uh, whether maybe he feels as if Rangers have turned a corner, they weren't at their sparkling best. But as he says there, John, they found a way to win. They're on the top of the table and who's going to knock them off? Yeah, well, you've got to win. It's, it's, that's, it's a winning business, especially when, when you're at the top, when you're playing at the top and when you're managing at the top, you, you've got to win. The, the, the pressure... The pressure is there to win every game. And, uh, OK, there was a little bit of um, unrest at the beginning of the season. They lose away at Dundee United and go out to the Champions League. But they've got back on the bus, if you like. They've got back winning games again. And I just felt at the weekend, um, O'Halloran put St. Johnson 1-0 up. Decent goal. And then the boy, is it uh, Muller, was it? Muller, the, the yeah. St. Johnson defender, gave I, away the penalty. You think to yourself, this is why you're at mm. St. Johnson, by the way. Mm. No disrespect, because you do reckless and stupid things. Why you go and tackle? Why go to your backside and slide tackle in the box? And I think he brings down, was it Roof? Or he brings it was down Kent. 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 That was Ryan Kent. And yeah. bring down Ryan Kent when he's going absolutely nowhere. And you give a penalty away and you allow Rangers to come back into the game. Yeah. Not using your head, not using your savvy, not using your football intelligence. But then, in all fairness, um, Tavernier scores you know, a goal worthy of winning any game. And they go and win the game. And that's, that's, that's what you've got to do. You've just got to go and find a way to win. And again, Rangers will be delighted going in now to Thursday. They've got momentum, the club top of the league, feel-good factor. And, um, and they face a really difficult game against Leon, though we've just mentioned some of the players that they've got. I still think they're, they haven't got the complete performance for them yet, Rob. No. You know, first half against St. Johnson made it hard, really hard work. Sparked into life when they got the equaliser. Sorry, when they conceded the goal, they sparked into life and started chasing the game a what little bit. What do you bit. think of the penalty, Quags, from... Yeah, that's a terrible tackle. But that's what you get when you, you lose that terrific defensive unit they had. Yeah. Jason, Jason Kerr's gone now. Yeah. And how do you replace, how do a, a St. Johnston replace somebody of that quality? And, and I think what the weekend maybe proved is it's difficult. Well, it's difficult to prove like for like because when he moves on for that kind of money and how influential he's been at the club, you know, you think of many clubs, you know, if, if Celtic lost, well, Celtic lost for a hashi. They won't be able to replace that like for like. Let's put someone in who's you know has got different attributes. Uh, if Rangers lost Morelos, they haven't got like for like. So that's at the top end. So even down at the lower end, it becomes even harder, Rob, because the budget you're working with and the finances you're working with, you can't go and buy someone. You've got to bring someone in and give them an opportunity and hope it works. If not, then you've got to work with a player and it can take six, seven, eight, nine weeks to get up to your speed. So you know that's the first downfall. And that'll be the frustration thing. And if Jason Kerr was playing, he might not have made that tackle. Mm. You know, that wouldn't have happened. Is it ominous, John, for the rest of the league, including Celtic, that Rangers are, are on top already? Um, I mean, it wouldn't have been the case had Hearts or Hibs won in the Edinburgh derby. Uh, the winner of that game, had there been one, uh, would have stayed at the top of the Premiership. But they drew. It is Rangers are on top. Mm. Um, and, and you do sense uh, for uh, the, just the tone of Stephen Gerrard uh, from that clip we just heard that he... That it's done a lot for his belief that Rangers are slowly but surely getting there. They've they've come back, haven't they, from this season from like an indifferent start, as I say. Mm. But uh, 
it's very, very early. We've only played five games. Rangers have lost a game. Celtic have lost a game. Um, Celtic have lost two games. Celtic have lost two games. Uh, Hearts. Hearts first game of the season in Rangers. Exactly right, Craig. Yeah, good knowledge. Good, well done. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what, what is it? You know, you got Hibs and Hearts at a point mm. behind Rangers' top of the league. They'll, they'll, listen, they'll be back. They'll be delighted that they're back on the top of the league. But, as I said, there's 33 league games to play yet. It's very, very Is early. it a bit too early to jump to conclusions? I think it is, Robin. That's what you're trying to do. Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. We're talking football between now and seven. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. There's a real buzz about the place. The Champions League is back in town. European football is back in town as of this week. As of tonight, Barca and Bayern is a pretty tasty way for the Champions League to re-announce itself. Man U and Switzerland to play young boys. Chelsea at home to Zenit St. Petersburg. Thursday night, of course, for Rangers and Celtic in the Europa League. It's a doubleheader. Celtic in Seville. That's got a ring to it, hasn't it? 5.45 kickoff on Thursday for Ange Postacoglu and his team. And then it's uh, Stephen Gennard and Rangers at home to Lyon at Ibrox. Eight o'clock. Uh, if you want to talk football with us, Rob McLean, Stephen Craigan and John Hartson, 0808 17 17 700. We've got John in shots with us and he's a Celtic fan. Hi, John. Good evening, boys. How are you doing? Hi, John. Hi, John. Very well, thanks. Um, how are things and what are you thinking about the football? Hi, things are... Mate, uh, I just want to start by wishing Craig Bellamy all the best for his battle with depression. I just seen a post there on uh, social media saying mm. that he said to leave his job as assistant at uh, Anderlecht. So, just want to wish him all the best. Yeah, well, I'm sure John will, John will be wishing him all yeah, the best as, was, a, as a former Welsh colleague. Craig yesterday, we sent, we uh, we shared some text messages and everything else. and Yeah, so I, I very much wished him well. I, I, I don't know in terms of giving him advice and in terms of mental health, but... Um, I know he was enjoying his job over working with Vincent Company at Anderlecht. I think he was given a, a bigger role as well in terms of working with, um, not so much working as a manager, but also helping run the academy from all ages up. So, um, yeah. you know, we have to respect anybody that um, that can't continue in a particular job because, he, you know, he's depression. So, you know, I um, I wished him well, of course, like, like, like a lot of people would be doing. Mm. Thanks, John, for those kind words uh, towards Craig Bellamy. Um, what are you, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, Sorry, after, actually, after you. Uh, I've I've helped. Uh, I've suffered with depression myself, so I have. And uh, Craig was actually at uh, one of the the nights at the boys' for rivals gym in which he had a couple of years ago, and oh, I was yeah. actually fighting on it. So I just like. Oh, are you right? Okay. That as well. Right. Okay. Aye, aye. Uh, I, I had a wee story to tell about me watching my friend to suicide. So uh, I kind of know firsthand how that feels with Craig's going through so that's how I just wanted to say a wee bit on that that's good John excellent and how are you, uh, how, are you do, how are you doing yourself at the moment John I, I'm, I'm good today mate uh, I've, I'm going to be fighting again in December uh, down at Rivals Gym and uh, I, I volunteered down at Chrissy's house now uh, we're earning that so uh, I help out down there as well as uh, Andy McCarm he helped me a lot at the start of my uh, my recovery so he did and I'm still pals with Andy I still keep in touch with him regularly so uh, I am doing good mate I'm doing good 
Yeah, he's a good lad. I, I know Andy McLaren myself yeah. from, from from way back. Uh, good lad, he, Andy. He's a, he helps he's a bit with the charities. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic, Andy. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking about your team, John? Uh, Celtic uh, um, this Thursday, Real Betis back to Seville. It just brings that all back, doesn't it? Uh, I actually was on social media and I put a question in, so I'll start after that one. Yeah. Uh, it was it was to John about but what does he think about Albina? Yeah, does he think he's got what it takes to cut it at Celtic or do you think it, because he's more through the middle, uh, more through the middle where it'd be better when it's an up front two with somebody somebody can he feed him the ball? Well, I think he um, I think I think naturally John, he, you know, he, he might think himself that. If Arbian Eti had the opportunity, he will say to you straight away, he's not at the game time. He's not at the run of games. He feels, I was listening to him speak at the weekend, and he feels that if he gets a run of games and he gets, you know, he gets um, sort of used to playing with players, and I got used to playing with Petrov and Lambert. And I, in terms of how you play up against the defender, you, you pretty much... The more you play with a player, the more understanding you get on the pitch. So, I, th- I think he they feels. Actually, started okay last year. Uh, yeah. They started the season, and then it was it was saying it wasn't fat enough, and then he had an injury problem. Mm. So. And then when you compete in like last season, when you compete in like Clemala started the first game against Rangers, um, and obviously then you had Lee Griffiths that had a few problems, and you had you had. Um, Edward and so when you when you're competing against these guys who'd scored a lot of goals the season before together, um, is that is is you know his his starts were not as much as he would have liked, but uh, he showed at the weekend that he still he can still work very hard. He can, he can put the ball in the net. This is his chance, isn't it, John? This, is, Th- this his is his moment. If he's going to grab it at all, and I guess a lot of Celtic fans would have doubts about that, that, that that's going to happen. Well, but, but this, will, is, this yeah. is his time. Well, the only opportunity, I think, if if, if I like Kyogo through the middle, um, and obviously he'd have to play Kyogo wide left, because I think Ange likes to play 4-3-3. He likes to play with a barder, it'll be whether it'll be... Um, James Forrest, you know, he likes yeah. to play with wide men and one through the middle. But he's I got, mean, but he's got a few games here to make an impact. Wh- yes. Whatever you play him, whatever you do with him, yeah. And he and he got a couple at the weekend. Can he, couple, he? Can, can he, he go on a roll? You know, ir- ir- irrelevant. Of I scored many goals against Ross County and other teams in the in the Scottish Premier League. You know what people will say? Ah, well, it's only Ross County. You know, but you still got to be in the right positions and to score goals and to tuck them away. So you are you are right. He, he, he has to think to himself now I've got five or six games I've got to come back with five or six goals he's going to come up against you know some decent opposition on Thursday night I believe he will start because he's a other than Giacomakis who's not quite ready yet I believe so um, Albion is going to be our only really fit striker so I can see him starting when Kyogo comes back I can, I think I think Kyogo will, yeah. will slip straight back into the team yeah. it's whether or not Ayeti can give the manager enough of a headache to keep him through the middle yeah. and play Kyogo wide left, but I prefer I prefer Kyogo down the middle. Yeah, the, the next few games presumably are going to say to Andrew Postecoglou, Albion Ayeti is a guy worth keeping. He's going to mm. be at least competing for a for a place up front. Or if he doesn't take his chance, Crags, and you you watched him obviously yeah. against Ross County on Saturday. Um, Celtic will presumably try and offload him. What people have to take into consideration is a completely different player to Kyogo Furuhashi. Yeah. 
who's all energy. He's infectious. You know, he initiates the press. He chases centre half to centre half to full back. He wins the ball back. You know, so outside the 18 yard box, he's completely different. Ayeti wants to come alive in the 18 yard box. But what he's watched already with Celtic sitting on the bench or sitting in the stand is I need to do more. I can't just be an 18 yard box player. I've got to run channels. I've got to hold the ball up. My link up play's got to be better. I've got to make the little dart and runs. Otherwise, as soon as Fura has his fit, I'm out of the team. So I'm going to have to do something okay. different than what I've done already to make sure I stay in the team. John, would you agree? Well, that was what I was going to say. Was, uh, obviously, Kyogo's a better all, all-round striker playing through the middle because he can drop and take the ball. He can, he's more creative. Whereas Ayeti just looks like a poacher, just a goal scorer in the 18-yard box. Give the ball and they'll score a goal. That's how I was saying. I know, obviously, they play with the, the three with the two wingers and... Uh, but if, if we ended up changing the formation, if somebody up there doing all the all the dirty work, doing all the all the running for him and just getting the ball into him so he can put the ball in the back of the net. But surely there has to be a responsibility as that centre forward though. You know, people say, Well, it's not your natural game, but it's not your natural game to run about. You know, and, and, and that's free. Do you know what I mean? So if you want to stay in the team and you want to show the manager what you can do, you think I've got to change my game because the manager isn't going to change the shape of the team or the tactics for Ali and Nieti because that's the player we're talking about. He's not going to change it for him unless he's world class. So sometimes the player has to adapt to the team and adapt to the manager's style and system. And that will be the challenge over the next four or five games or six games. I think it's six games left before the international break. And Furuhashi probably won't be back until after the next international break. So he's got six games to say, this is what I can do and this is how I can mix my game up. What about... Def- think, though, Sorry, John. I- how do, you, how do you think uh, we'll play on uh, Thursday? Do you think we'll get what Rodgers used to do in Europe and just set up to go and attack and score goals? Or do you think we'll sit in and defend a bit more and try and play on the counter? I'm not sure we will. I'm not sure we will. I think he'll play 4-3-3. Um, he, he might bring sorrow back in in terms of his defensive qualities um, to sit in front of the back four and intercept and have that more defensive-minded type of defensive role. Um, I think McGregor will obviously be a certain start. It's just whether or not you play with Turnbull, who likes to get forward, doesn't defend too well, a Rogic. Um, and I just think it's I think it's Ange's philosophy. I think he wants to attack, 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 um, go forward, get on the front foot, close down, be quick, be... You know, work exceptionally hard, get men behind the ball. But when we got it, let's play and let's get forward, get the ball wide, get the ball into into a Yeti if he starts. I don't think he'll change his mindset. He's already sh- shown that in the in the qualifiers for the Champions League and getting through to the Europa League. He's already shown that's his philosophy. Yeah, and that, the qu- that's his way yeah. of playing. It's uh, forward-minded attacking football. And the question would be that at Celtic's current state of development in terms of players in and gelling everything together, are they good enough, Celtic, to well, sit in and defend uh, in Seville or is actually attack the only way crags for them? Well, that's why I was going to say to John, particularly, you look at the Alkmaar game, where they had, you know, in the end they were pinned back because Alkmaar were going forward and they were cutting them open. There was chances, and you know, let's be honest, and, and, and certainly deep in that second half, they rode their luck a little bit. So I just wondered as the manager changes tactics slightly. Yes, we press when it's on the press because remember you don't have the same personnel. You don't have Ryan Christie. You don't have uh, well, Craig's. I said this. You, don't have, you know, you have to adapt sometimes. Yeah, I said this, Craig's. I said he he has to now, but then I was shot down. He has uh, to. He has to be a little bit more. Um, pragmatic way, pragmatic yeah. way up a little bit more 
Could he's already come to up be. against better oppositions yeah. naturally, but I was shot down. No, I think no, he's he, earned the right to do that he, so far, he, John. He I think he's earned the right to do that. He ain't going to change. He ain't going to put in two defensive midfield players when we're away from home. You know, he, he, he ain't going to drop deep rather than rather than sort of being high. But sometimes the game forces you deep. You don't mean to drop deep, but sometimes with the pressure from the opposition, if they're yeah. in good form and you know you're open and you're expansive. Yeah. And suddenly you're pinned back a little bit. And then he, you just have to have that little play two strikers. Shape. He's going to no, play no, the way not. that he plays. He, he... But I don't think they can play the same John without Furuhashi. I think they have to change something because mm. you won't get the same work rate and the same dynamism from Ayeti as what they get from Furuhashi. So I think he almost wouldn't say forced them to play that way, but he allowed him to play that it's way. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. I admire him for it mm. in terms of the way he wants to play. Yeah. He, well, he wants to get the crowd up. He wants to score goals. He wants crosses in the box. He's got it with Avada on the right-hand mm. side, who's been excellent. The two full-backs um, will, will, will push forward, I have no doubt about that. But, but what, what do you think about the question I asked Craig then, John? Are Celtic good enough at the moment with what they've got defensively to go to Seville and, and actually set out with a containment plan? Well, obviously, we, you know, we, we conceded goals against... Um, Against Alkmaar, we conceded goals against what was the opposition before that? The one in the one out of the Champions League, yeah, too. It's the back inside. Michelin, yeah. You know, Michelin so, as well. yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, I don't think he's overly concerned. It was very similar to Brendan Rodgers when I saw him at Swansea. I saw Rashi Williams once make a really bad ricket at the back. Brendan's come out in the press afterwards and said, It's my fault. I'll take the blame for that. Mm. I've told my players to play out from the back. That's so. That's the way they're going to learn against better opposition. We have to keep the ball. We play out from the back. I will take full responsible responsibility for Ashley Williams's bad mistake there because I've told the lad to play out from the back. John, in shots, what? what how convinced are you about Celtic defensively? Uh, I, I still think that we've got uh, improvements that we need to make, and I think that the more that the, the play together the better they all get but uh, I, th- I think the way that Celtic's playing their out it's more it's exciting do you know mm, what I mean it is exciting uh, we, 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 we were lacking last year when we went to the Diamond in the middle of the park was the width and I was on here at the start of last season uh, I think it was Sai and Barry I was on and I said how much that we were actually going to miss James Forrest because over the past seasons before that his numbers whether it be goals or assists that, that's that's what was missing for Celtic last year that width as well, the natural width that he, he can run at people. And I know he comes in for a lot of unfair criticism with Celtic fans, but yeah. like, like I said, even when he's come back in at the start of the season, then he's been back out again. You've you seen him when he came back in. Just that energy that he gives you and he plays, he plays for the jersey, do you know what I mean? Uh, it's just natural for him. When you think of some of Celtic's great recent performances in Europe, you would have James Forrest... As, oh, part, yeah. as part of that, yeah. wouldn't you? He's been sort of talismanic at times for them. Well, sometimes it's not even, you know, memorable performances, but it's big goals, big moments. Mm. When you play in European football, you need a player who can step up when think maybe you're under the cosh, you're playing the counter-attack, or a little bit of individual brilliance. I mean, his goal against Lazio, you know, mm. I know in Cham got all the glory because he got the, you know, he got the winner. Yeah, think, but, yeah. you know, but that first goal from, from Forrester breaks a deadlock and suddenly brings it to life a little bit. So, so often, even against Rangers in the past, he's always come up, you know, you can, you can through a quiet spell and maybe in the game he's quiet and then, boom, big moment. You know, and that's what Celtic will miss with him, that experience. Because what you have to remember is Abada is only 19. So you're going to get a little bit of fluctuation in his mm. performance. He's okay domestically and stuff, but away from home in Europe, it's a bit more difficult. 
uh, difficult. You've got to do a lot of leg working back the way as opposed to always going forward. So it's kind of rules reverse of what he's playing in Scotland. Jota is only 21 years of age as well, still a young man making his way in the game. So these are inexperienced wingers. Of course, they've got great potential and they'll probably, you know, likely go on and have wonderful careers. But at the minute, they're still at the learn stage of, of, of making good things. So having someone like James Forrest in the background would have been ideal. But unfortunately, it looks like he'll miss out. You'd want him ideally, and you'd want Kyogo as well. That's a, it's a big blow, John, isn't it? Because of the the impact he's made early on, and just because of the 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 effervescent effect he seems to have on everyone else around about him. That to me, it is. <laughs> aye, aye, no, we definitely would rather have have both the players on the team. Like Kyogo, he's just he, he's made some difference to the team since he's came in. Like the the turnaround that Celtic's had over the past month or two has been. Been unbelievable, mm. and but we were so far behind Rangers last year and put, put our hands up and admitted the proofs in the pudding uh, the way the season ended. But to be as far on as we are now in turning this around, uh, and uh, it gives you a wee bit of confidence, do you know what I mean? John, what's, John, what's, the, what's the one thing the manager's done that's impressed you so much this season? I know he's done several things, he brought in decent window. What's the one thing you've been really, really impressed with him by? Just the way that he plays football, where he, where he goes out and he, he just he just wants you to attack. Do you know what mm. I mean? That's well, I'm a season ticket holder, and to be fair, I know I wasn't I wasn't in the stadium last year, but I never really got off my seat in the house when I was watching it on my virtual season ticket because there was no urgency about the team. Yeah. Now it's now it's fast free flowing football that we're playing, and and it's it's got all the fans excited. Do you yeah. know? So that that's all that we can really ask, and and even the signings and that he's brought in Joe Hart made some difference just to look to the to the back to the back line, having that confidence in a goalkeeper. And when you look at some of the saves that he's put off, I, I wasn't at the game because I was working down south at the weekend. Uh, but but I seen the save that Joe Hart pulled off when was it one 0 that he pulled that save off uh, on Celtic. So that could have took it to one each and that could have changed the game a bit. But uh, but it's just wee things like that and then yeah. You see some of the other saves that he's, that he's pulled off. That that, that can that can give your your defence the boost and uh, knowing that they've got that reliability behind them. If they do make a mistake, that he can still uh, pull them out the out the hole that they've got themselves into. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's done a feral job, hasn't he? Ange Postecoglou, uh, so far, and a big challenge on his hands on Thursday um, in Seville against Real Betis. John, good to have you on the show. Good luck, John. All the best, John. Thanks, thanks. Take care of yourself. All the best, all the best. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Thanks, Chris. More travel uh, a little bit later. We'll keep you across what is going on. Uh, If you're out and about in Glasgow and the West, this is Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show Tuesday night. Rob McLean, John Hartson, uh, Stephen Cregan at your service. And uh, we would uh, welcome your presence on the show as well. If you want to join us and have a chat, which is what I was trying to say there, basically 0808 17 17 700. Text Go on your message to 87474 on the socials. It's at Go Football Show. If you want to get your message across, it might be about Rangers being back on top of the... Premiership, will they stay there for the rest of the season? Will they be as dominant uh, domestically, in the league at least, as they were last season? Hearts and Hibs not far away, Motherwell as well. But five teams uh, yet to win in the Premiership uh, so far this season. And that's uh, five games in. Of course, European football coming our way tonight and tomorrow night, Champions League. Then it's Europa 
on Thursday night, Real Betis against Celtic, 5.45. Uh, Rangers against Lyon at Ibrox at 8 o'clock. And uh, of course it does uh, that game against Betis for Celtic. We spoke to John about it just before the break. John in shots. John Hartson, of course, is with us in the studio. Uh, and it takes you back to a really disappointing point in your career, uh, John, when you'd played such a big part in getting Celtic to that UEFA Cup final in Seville against Porto. And then, of course, injury kept you out. Well, I, I, I played my part like every other player. Yeah, but you scored, you scored a few important goals, I seem to recall, along the way. Oh, thanks, Rob. Thanks very much. I'm glad you said that. I don't want to take all the credit here, you know. But uh, no, I thought the lads did unbelievably well in, in getting to the cup to the final. Um, wonderful run. Had some really difficult games, of course. Um, the highlight was Blackburn away, Liverpool away. You know, you look at Stuttgart away, um, Boa Vista away, where Henrik scored the only goal in the 75th minute, I think it was. Mm. Um so it was fantastic. It was brilliant for the for the players of that era. It was great for the crowd. They, they, they travelled in there, thousands in their droves over. Um, How to, many were there? Was it was it something like seventy or eighty thousand? I think it was. I mean, you know, we, I, I was many, yeah. I was I was there doing the TV commentary that night. You were there, obviously, even though you couldn't play. It was absolutely teeming with with Celtic supporters. Um, but it must be a it it must be just a. A wonderful moment to have played your part in getting Celtic yeah. there, but it must have been agony to, yeah. to, to well, not be able to play. I wouldn't go as far as saying it meant nothing to me because there were so many Celtic fans, and I was still obviously a Celtic player. But when you'd played in 12 out of the previous, out of 13 games, I played in every single game, mm. and I missed the final. So, you know, Paul Lambert, with, with all due respect, I love Paul. I used to travel into training with Paul. We both lived out in Houston. Lambo wouldn't have played in the final. He sat on the bench. He, yeah. he ended up captaining the team because our midfield at that particular, our European team was Sati, Lenny and, and Stan in the middle of the park. And mm. me and Hendrik were up top. Lambo used to always miss out um, in terms of if that was our midfield. So I would have st- certainly started in the final. Um and it was a great night. I was over there with, with my family. I sat with my parents in the crowd. Um, my mum and dad came over as well. And uh, it was just a bit of a blur to me, really. You know, I couldn't really enjoy it because I wanted to play. You know, as you say, I scored a few goals on, on the way to getting the, you know, helping the lads get there. And I, I was just devastated, as, as devastated as a footballer could ever be. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be in, in amongst the battle with the boys. But... Uh, it wasn't to be, and unfortunately, we got beat. I think Henrik scored his 199th and 200th goals that night for the club. Um, Jose Mourinho was a disgrace uh, all evening on the touchline. He was telling his players to stay down, dive, uh, kill the time. And I remember Martin, you know, almost if it had been a boxing match, I think Martin would have got on top of him, you know. He's <laughs> absolutely raging with Jose Mourinho. And um, it really was, listen, Mourinho's been one of the greatest, he's proven that. But um, it was a disappointing night overall because um, we had such a fantastic side as well with a team full of internationals. And it, it would have been a wonderful moment if we could have brought our European trophy back to the club on, on the back of that team, mm. which lasted about five or six, seven years maybe, um, you know, when Martin O'Neill came to the club in the, in the year 2000. But it wasn't to be. But uh, as I said, it, it didn't mean all that much to me, although it meant 
loads to the supporters and the other players because um, I didn't I didn't take part in the final. Yeah. So, so there's a real mix of emotions for you, the, the, fact, the fact that you were injured and couldn't play. But yeah. also, where do you stand on the, the success of getting to the final versus the disappointment of losing the final? Well, it's, it was it was a great success getting to the final. Look at the teams that we beat. But ultimately, you want to win. You want to win. You want to win as medal. And you look at the professionals that we had in that team, international footballers, you know. And I'm not too sure where they look back and they look at their losers' medal and they go, ah, well, yeah, we won some games to get there. The fans were unbelievable, by the way, that night in Seville. The scene was just set. The support mm. was just you. You were yeah. there, Rob. Yeah. But when you when you don't win, it becomes a little bit of a an anticlimax in a way because mm. you you want to win. You know, we, we were all winners. We won leagues. We won domestic cups. We'd all won things in our career for played for our countries. Everything else. And so, because of the big scalps you'd taken along the absolutely. way, absolutely. Well. And, and it would have been fitting. It would have been the icing on the cake. But unfortunately, football doesn't always happen the way you want it to. Want it, want it to happen um, and you have to deal with the disappointments along the way that's what I learned as a footballer you know I, I lost in two European finals for Arsenal before I arrived at Celtic the Super Cup final to AC Milan and I lost in the last minute goal in the Cup winning final to uh, to Real Zaragoza mm. in Paris so I played started both them games as well for Arsenal Is it Naeem? So, Is that his Naeem, goal? Naeem, yeah Naeem. there's experts playing oh, as well yeah. to make it worse mm. <laughs> I'd lost in I, I'd, I'd missed penalties in the League Cup final last minute Celtic Rangers at, at Hamden I'd lost a, a Cup final but I'd won my fair share as well so I just think that's a part and parcel of it you know you, you have to win as a team then you lose as a team but it hurts. It hurts when you lose. It's lovely to talk about a Scottish team in a European final. No. Will we do so again? Well, do you think, Craig? Is that a possibility? Yeah. Because we now have we now have three competitions in Europe. So is it is it realistic to think in the next two or three years, five years, maybe could could a Scottish team get to a European final? It's funny. That's that's the question I was going to ask, or the or the point I was going to make. Uh, you know, getting the. A European final, it would have to be Europa or a conference. Mm -hmm. You know, the big success for clubs, because unfortunately it boils down to money, is getting to the Champions League group stages. You know, I wouldn't say that's like winning the cup. Of course it's not. But financially, it's worth an awful lot more to the club to get to the group stages of the of the Champions League than it is to have a good run in the Europa League. You know, uh, I mean, are they good enough to get the Europa League? Well, I think Rangers reached their peak last year. When you get to the last eight, they play Slavia Prague, who were a very, very good side. So, you know, that was the limit for the squad that they had. Have they improved the squad since then? They brought players in. I don't think the players who've come in have affected the first team or the first 11 as yet. Uh, Celtic are rebuilding. You know, ultimately Rangers and Celtic don't want to be playing in the conference. I don't care what anybody says. Get to the final, win it. Yes, it would be a wonderful achievement. But I think the club's stature in European football is a lot higher than the conference league. They'd rather be, you know, challenging for the, for the Europa and pushing for the Champions League, that's where they are. But it does seem a long way away, Rob, you know, with the finances going about Europe, it seems a long way away. And there would be something fitting, wouldn't there, for Celtic, if the return to Seville this week was maybe just that first little stepping stone, John, to, to getting back again to those sort of levels. I mean, Ange Postecoglou will have those ambitions. I mean, he's already spoken about knowing what Celtic's history is all about, the European history, yeah. uh, he will want to make a mark outside Scotland. 
Absolutely, and I, I think the team will go into the game. They'll be, be very positive. They have to go with what they've got. They, you know, they've only got one fit striker. Um, you, you look at the defence. Who will play? Will it be Will it be Carter Vickers and will it be Starfelt like the two we saw at the weekend start together? Um, will it be Juranovic will play at right back, Taylor at left back? And he's got decisions to make in the middle of the park in terms of does he want to be on the front foot? Does he want to? Have a, have a defensive player in there type of thing. You know, Abada will, will look to get forward and we've got Jota as well, the, the young lad from Benfica. Uh -huh. We have on loan and I would imagine it'll be a Yeti through the middle. And he want a strong performance. We keep saying that. He, he won't tell, first of all, to go and get a result, you're going to have to accept that you're going to come under pressure. You're going to come under pressure because there's some really good players playing on the night for Real Betis. They, they are the home side Selig are travelling away. So you, you're going to come under some pressure. So first things first you have to do when you get a result away from home is defend strong. You've got, to, you've got to try and keep a clean sheet. You've got to try and limit the goals that you concede. If Selig don't defend, then they're not going to score three or four goals on the night to go and win the game. Sometimes when you're not at your best and you play quite well, normally it's a defence that play really well. And then maybe you can go nick the game 1-0, a scrappy 1-0 or something like yeah. that. So that's what he'll be looking for. Yeah. And we, we spoke about the defence and going forward and attack, attack, attack. But ultimately, to go and win games, you've got to defend properly. It's going to be a big test for that Celtic defence. Can they get the result they're looking for in Seville Thursday? Uh, good luck to them. Good luck to Rangers as well at home to Lyon. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Evening it is not that Cristiano Ronaldo has just scored for Manchester United. Back in the old routine, played at the weekend, a couple of goals for him, another one in Europe to add to his massive total tonight. Just 13 minutes in in Switzerland against young boys, Crags, mm. and uh, he's done it again. Phenomenal, Rob. Uh, I was just saying to James, the producer was in, he said, oh, Man United's game's kicked off. And I said, I'll be really surprised if Ronaldo <laughs> hasn't scored. And he went, you're not going to believe it. Three minutes and he scored. Do you know Ronaldo and I uh, joined forces for a goal, Rob, in international football? Did you score it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it in the wrong end? Yes. Okay. He, when was that? Uh, oh, 2005, six maybe, or something like that. Right. He put in a free kick at Windsor Park and I headed it in. Did he claim it? <laughs> well, I don't care, but... Uh, the story has got that exaggerated that much that me and him are teammates. That's yeah. that's what it'll be in years to come. I'm yeah. going to check so that's back. My connection. I'm going to check back to see if he's included that one in his total. <laughs> well, he better not have because I'm yeah. claiming it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you are a bit of a record breaker in terms of own goals. How many own goals? Did you have you kept tabs or, no, or would I, that be to destroy you? I think in Scotland it's something like about. I think it's about eighteen. I think it's the highest. Wow. In Scotland, and I also got a few international as well. Did you split them between Motherwell and Partick Thistle? Do you know what? Probably the majority at Motherwell, which is unfortunate. <laughs> to be fair, I played the majority of the games at Motherwell. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't the celebratory things. Oh, look, it was like at that time, it was devastated. But you look back and you think, is that real? How many? Mm. I call it brave defending, Rob. Trying to put my body in the line and taking the hit. Unfortunately, I ended up in the back of the net. You were deadly from that sort of range, weren't <laughs> you? Really? So, from six yards out, there was no stopping me. John, what about Cristiano Ronaldo? Oh, he's a freak, isn't he? Freak, freak of nature. You know, he hemorrhages goals and uh, there was no doubt when... Uh, when Man United brought him back from Juventus, I think he scored 101 goal for, goals for Juventus. Um, yeah. So he'll get goals. He get goal all day long. He takes free kicks. He, he takes penalties. Although it was, um, was it Fernandez? He takes penalties as well, doesn't he? Uh, Fernandez. Well, yeah. He he missed one against Ireland, didn't he? 
in yeah. international scene. Mm. So I think Fernandes certainly is on the Manchester United ones. But even his two goals against the Republic of Ireland, who looked as if they were going to hold on for a famous victory, you get the 88 minutes and you think, well, surely worst case scenario will get a draw. Mm. And then he had two, two headers against Ireland that absolutely blew them to bits. It was incredible. You know, he goes through that spell. And, yeah. he just deals he's now the world record. He's scored the most goals in international football. Was it Ali, Ali Dia? Yeah, yeah, he's overtaken right. that one. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, I think we, we could spend the rest of the show tonight yeah, listing the records yeah. that he's not just broken, but he's actually continuing uh, to break. Uh, young boys are the 36th different team that Cristiano Ronaldo has scored against in the Champions League uh, with no player uh, scoring against more uh, Lionel Messi for instance um, is is well behind uh, and and what's the other one I saw here yeah 135 goals in 177 games in the Champions, Champions League, League. Um, and I think that's now in two two different seasons he's been the guy that scored the first goal the first Champions League goal, goal of, of, that of, of, of that season because he netted the first one in 2009-10 for Real Madrid and a 5-2 win in FC Zurich that was in Switzerland as well as was tonight's but I actually think he's got more goals than games played at Real Madrid which is if I, he hasn't John it's very close yeah. spot on it's, yeah. it's very close unbelievable to have that you know, goal as a centre forward yeah. to score more goals than actual games played it's, it's a good record to have one in two yeah it's not a bad record to have yeah. one in three. Uh, apparently know. he's a very big fan of yours yeah. as well, John. All oh, right, okay. It should be uh, pointed out. But, but his record is absolutely crazy. Let's talk about Rangers uh, against Lyon. Tough one uh, for the Scottish champions. Mm. Eight o'clock Ibrox Thursday night. Mm. Uh, came through uh, against St. Johnston at the weekend. Uh, one down to win 2-1. And uh, Stephen Gerrard's thoughts afterwards just in terms of the final third I thought we competed really well I thought we were doing the ugly bits well we were playing with some quality but we were getting to the to the last part of the game and it was that final pass or that last cross we just needed to look for that little bit more quality but it certainly come uh, to get us the three points because in any game of football that's a world class finish from James and I also liked our build up play leading into the penalty I don't think St Johnson can have any complaints it was a, obviously a blatant penalty but it was us pushing knowing that we were 1-0 down and, and our big players had to roll the sleeves up and, and produce for us and that's what's happened yeah, it's an important uh, result, that, for Rangers. Um, but they have to go up a few rungs on the ladder, you would imagine, on Thursday, Crags. Yeah, but I think what will give him comfort, and you can hear in his voice there, that when they played against Dundee United earlier in the season, they went behind and they didn't really look like scoring after that, Rob. I mean, as much as they had possession, they didn't look like breaking the deadlock against the team who sat deep and had a low block and were frustrating them. So I think you'll take comfort from that's another step forward. They still haven't reached... And a complete performance I was going to say earlier on you know first half against St Johnson non-event really second half once they conceded they came to life you can't afford to give Leon a gold start and then come to life Tanadice didn't really meet the standards against Celtic they were poor in the first half because Celtic were good then they grabbed the grip of the game in the second half Malmo for 35-40 minutes at home when they got the goal and the fans were with them second half for Malmo at home they fell away so he hasn't had that complete performance uh, Steven Gerrard Tavernier still reaching his levels Ryan Kent still looking for that moment of inspiration that's going to spark him into life it was particularly last season second half of last season when they went to Antwerp and he left him out of the game and he brought him on just before half time he came on to replace Kemar Roof and he lit the game up so Ryan Kent has got it it's as, it's as if he just needs a moment to convince himself I've still got it or I can influence games he looks as if he's got the weight of the world in his shoulders you know and um, 
he's, he's such an influential player because he's the most natural wide player, the most natural dribbler probably in the side. So Stephen Gerrard needs him firing all in cylinders. But yeah, it's a step up. But these players have shown over the years that you know these these European games don't frighten them home or away. They've got a tactic, they've got a plan. The opposition will come out a little bit more, so there's more space to play in. So it's probably a, I'm going to say an easier game to play in for them because there's more space to play in. Yes, it's difficult when you don't have the ball, but when you win the ball, there's more gaps that players can go and play in. You can find little pockets of space because certainly in domestic football, teams can't bend, they frustrate, they sit deep and it's really hard to play against. So that's why they'll be looking tomorrow night and thinking, or sorry, Thursday night, big crowd, good opposition, edge to the game because Dembele and, and Denier are potentially playing. So that brings a little bit and Stephen Jard will be sending his players go and flourish like you've done in the last two or three years in European football. Yeah, they don't have to go back, John, too far to tap into uh, recent memories of quality performances. I mean, the two that spring to mind for me are, are against Benfica uh, last season. They drew them both. Uh, they were two up with maybe 10 minutes to go in, in both. They were so close to beating Benfica in the Europa League, but Benfica are a Champions League team. It's going to take that sort of performance, isn't it, against a team, a team like Lyon? But they, they, they know they've done it very recently. Yeah, they have, and uh, they, they've done very well in, in recent years in the Europa League under Steven Gerrard, funny enough. Um, but you would worry slightly defensively with, with Goldson yeah. and Helander. Um, whether Barisic can come in and play at centre-half and, and, and Bassi will stay at left-back. Yeah, um, I think it would be the other way around, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think, think so. Yeah. You think Bassi will come centre-half? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where's he played there before? Well, that's what I'm I think he's played there in his youth career. What I'm saying that I was right. saying earlier on was he hasn't played as a centre-half for Rangers since November 2020. I mean, he hasn't played a lot of games, but any game he's played since that, and that was about a Falkirk. I think they won 4 0 tonight. The game was over after 20 minutes. I think he's, he's got real strength about him for a centre. But, but yeah. sometimes as a full back and a central defender, your position's different. You know, as a full back, you, you know, you're 1v1, you can go on. As a centre half, you've got to plug gaps, you've got to, you know, work more to the player to your right and to your left. Sometimes when you play as a full back, you've only won. One teammate to worry about is the guy beside you, whereas when you play in the heart of the defence, you've got your left back to look after, you've got your right centre half to look after, you maybe get Stephen Davis, who'd be the holding midfield player. So there's so many more things going on. Plus, you're up against a player who's coming back to Scotland, the Ibrox, who wants to show the Rangers faithful, you know, mm. all about him and, and 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 his history and the goals he scored against Rangers. So there's an edge to it in that front. So, you know, Bassey's gonna have to be careful. If it is him, I mean there was talk that Connor Goldson may mm. make it. And if he does, I think someone said it'll be irrelevant whether he trains or not. If he's fit to play or he's eligible to play, he'll play. That's how important he is. And his name fits in with just about every top performance Rangers have produced in European football under under Steven Gerrard. So that's how important Conor Goldson is. And that's how hard uh, they will be working, uh, you would imagine, to get him back. This was... Uh, Gerard on Goldson at the weekend. I'm hoping he's going to be available. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to speak to the doctors. I'm not sure the exact time frame on what when we're looking at, but uh, hopefully we can have Connor back with us as well. But if not, we we will go with Jack and Leon, who are, who are more than capable. Um, Helander, of course, went off injured in the game as well. I'm concerned. He's with the doctors now, getting assessed. He's got ice on. He's obviously bandaged up. It doesn't look good until we scan it, until we assess it in maybe 24, 48 hours' time. We're not too sure. Fingers crossed he, he can pull through, but we've got other defenders who'll have to step up if he's missing for a short or medium or long term. Yeah, it's a big challenge, isn't it? When you, when you think about potentially a makeshift central defence, Balogun and Bassi probably would be the favourite option if Goldson um, doesn't make it. It sounds like Alander's going to be out for a while, to be honest. And the other challenge is, is Barisic coming back in? Because Borna Barisic 
uh, this season has come nowhere near the levels of which he's capable. He was part of the Croatian squad uh, at the Euros. Yeah, well, there's been well, that's right. I mean, there's been all this sort of transfer talk going around, which has maybe got inside his head. Yeah, Uh, so he's got to come back in and deliver uh, on the biggest of occasions against a really top team. I like him. I like Barisic. Uh, I like him down that left hand side. He got great quality delivery. Is fantastic on that left hand side. Um, so I like him. I think I think he's capable. All right, he's had a couple of poor, poor bad months or whatever. I think Bassi's come in and and replaced him at left back, which would have hurt him slightly. I think he thought he had his move away. That's not happened. So now he's got to get back on it now, sort of mentally as well. You know, thinking that the club are willing to let him go. The deal is almost done. He's done his lap of honour. He's clapped everybody bye bye, and he's come back into the club. So he's got to get himself ready emotionally for that if he does start, um, you know, does Barisic. But as I said, I think the big players, Rangers is big players after turn up. And I think that's what they've that's what they've done in the league last year and in Europe. The likes of Stephen Davis, Morelos, these guys are oh. outstanding on these big evenings. And what they do is they carry the others through then. Oh. I think they, you know, they they almost drag people around them to their level. But it's it's the big ones, as I said. You know, Ryan Kent. You know, on his night, he can go past somebody. He can score a great goal. He can provide a goal for somebody. So you're looking at the big players in your team. Probably got about four, five, six big hitters. You call Mm -hmm. them that would always play in your finals, in your big games. The Rangers have them players at it. Then they have a good chance, but Leon are a very good team. As yeah, we but, know. and against a team like Leon, you, you can't really afford to have a missing link, no. can you? You know, it's no, not it's, pro- it's not enough for six or seven to deliver. And I'm I'm just wondering, can, do you think, Craigs, what's your take on can Borna Barisic come back in and click into top gear? He'll need to be in top gear. He'll need well, to be it, producing what he's produced in recent seasons. Well, he has to. Yeah, I think yeah, I was just trying to get the game. I know he played last midweek or he started last midweek for Croatia. So he's had a game under his belt. So it's not as if he's just coming into this game not having played since the old firm game. So he's had minutes in his legs. Um, you know, you know, it's a hard one because uh, Thomas Tuchel is having the same issue with Ben Chilwell over the summer going away with England, not playing a lot of minutes, coming home a little bit down, taking his holiday. And that's him just now coming back into the squad. I just wonder, is that with Barisic? A really tough season last season, playing lots of football, going to the Euros, not really getting much game time, but training every day. Kind of become a little bit low, a little bit frustrated. You then, you know, get a couple of weeks off. You come back into your club. You're straight back into it again. Maybe he just needs this little bit of time away. Or maybe he just needs a little bit of time out of the team, just to find his appetite again, just to get his mentality right. And tomorrow night could be the ideal game when he's thinking, right? You know, you know, I'm feeling quite good about myself. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling fresher. I've had a bit of time off. I've had a bit of time away. Um, put him back into that high intensity game when adrenaline carries you through and suddenly your performance level comes back. So, But that's what Stephen Gerrard has to hope for. This is where he has to be almost a part-time yeah. psychologist. You know, he has Correct. to have the right approach. Is it the arm around the shoulders? Is it maybe a little bit of a kick up the backside? What is the right approach well, to get him fighting again? It's a again? bit of both because, you know, having to tell an international player who, who was pivotal last season that he's not playing in some games because you're playing Calvin Bassey ahead of him, you know, who's trained quite well and done well, it... it It'll be hard to take because your ego takes a little bit of but a dump. Also, as well, you know, your confidence when, takes a when dent. You're you got one foot out the door. Yeah, well, well, He's that's waving bye bye. Well, that's what it seems. We don't know that. You know, that's there's been nothing's came out since that to say who it was or where he was going. Well, we can't it, go anywhere now. They've got him now well, anyway. It just looked that way. You know, I, I I don't know of any evidence to say that he was going. Or he wasn't going. He just I looked. Know, we a bit. don't wave to the crowd if nothing's happening. Do you? Yeah. No. 
Well, what I'm saying is, but there's not a story that follows that. There's not uh, somebody leaks something to say, well, he was supposed to go there and he hasn't went. There's been absolutely nothing since then. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's the side that Stephen Gerrard can manage because he's been an international footballer. He's been in international tournaments, Rob. He's come back with disappointment. He can back maybe a little bit of fatigue. And, and, you know, so he has to build that back up again. But then the player has to want to take part in it too. He's got to understand that he wasn't at the level he should be at. But tomorrow night could be a real opportunity on the big stage, Thursday, front of the big Thursday crowd, to show, sorry, Thursday night, to show what he's all about. Because there's no doubt he's got it in his locker. It's just to be bringing it out and that could kickstart his season. Is it going to be Banasic at left back then on Thursday? It will be James Tavernier at right back on Thursday. And the skipper was the match winner in Perth. In terms of James, you know, that's the reason why he's captain, because of his quality, because he can step up at big moments. And he's ended up getting us three points rather than one today. And there's obviously a lot, not a lot of noise around Nathan Patterson, who's a fantastic player, who's going to eventually be Rangers' top right back for a long time. But we have to remember we've got the best right back in Scotland as well. Best right back in Scotland. Uh, and I don't think too many people would argue with that. And and, and I suppose it's maybe not a great tribute because mm. we've probably had, had years and seasons where we've had more competition um, for a, for a top right back, but James Tavernier is a top player, and that was a that was a touch of class in Perth at the weekend, wasn't it? It was. It was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? Uh, we've seen him, we've seen him really with with real quality over down the years. I think he's from dead ball positions, penalties, free kicks, his general work up and down that right hand side. He can deliver into the box. Um, he's got a wand. He's got a wand of a right foot. When you're that talented on that right-hand side, then you can produce bits of magic. And we had one in Alan Thompson we could mm. do with his left foot. Um, where you look at uh, Tavernier, the goal is, is, is magnificent. You've seen the goalkeeper off his line and he's hit it with that little bit of dip just under the crossbar mm. and into the, into the side net. And it's, it's a wonder goal. And as Steve Gerrard just said there, it's a goal that's fitting to win any game. And when you've got great players, um, you can produce moments like that. You could say that this match doesn't matter for Rangers because they can qualify, they can go through in, in second place. But it, but it does matter, doesn't it? Because it's the first game yeah, of, of the group phase and you're making a statement yeah, and, exactly. and, you're, and you're trying to build confidence for the other five games they as well. They want to lay a marker down. They want to lay a marker down to the number one team in the group. You know, look around the group, you think Leon are the number one seed in the group. You think, we want to lay a marker down to show what we're all about. We want to show them we're ready to compete over these next six games to get ourselves through to the group stages. And your best chance comes at home. With that crowd behind you, you know, I think the players will be energised, they'll be feeling good about themselves. There'll be a real hunger and desire about this game. Because this is where the likes of Morelos has stepped up and made his name for Rangers, particularly in European football when clubs have had a little look. So these players will want to go and do that again, Rob. Uh, so if they come out of the game with a point I think they'd be satisfied if they could get three points they'd be elated It's going to be a tasty doubleheader Celtic and Seville Rangers at home to Lyon Thursday The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five Come on you two headphones back on um, it's the Tuesday edition of the Go Radio Football Show and uh, we've got about half an hour or so to go 0808 17 17 uh, 700 always good to get your point of view always good when you drive the discussion as well text go on your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show well one Bissaka has been uh, sent off for Manchester United uh, but that I think is very much the second headline in the game against Young Boys in Switzerland tonight because uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has added to his already uh, pretty amazing tally 
of goals, well, across all football, but uh, his performances in the Champions League are pretty ridiculous, to be perfectly honest. Champions League tonight and tomorrow night, Europa League on Thursday, Rangers and Celtic both in action. Uh, Rangers 8 o'clock at Ibrox against Lyon, 5.45 in Seville. That's got a ring to it for all Celtic fans against Real Betis. Let's speak to John in East Kilbride. Hi, John. Good evening, guys. How are we all doing? Hi, yeah. John. Hi, John. Well, thanks. What would you like to talk about? I would just like to talk about um, uh, Batiste, uh, Real Batiste in the Celtic game. I just feel as though um, I'm actually going over to Seville for the game. Oh, yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I am. Uh, the unfortunate thing is I got a ticket and then they revoked the tickets and now I don't have a ticket but we're still going over. So right. um, it's one of these situations. But um, I just feel as though the... Real Batiste, do you think Celtic will have a tough game? Tomorrow, uh, well, Thursday night, I think it'll be hard for them. John? I think I do, John. Uh, I, I think I do. I think um, Real Betis, they won their first game... Um, last man, night? Last night, actually. They beat Granada 2-1. I don't know, I'm not sure how good Granada are, but they play in the, the top league in, in La Liga. Um, I think they've got some decent players. Um, they've got Cavalio... Uh, the 68 caps he's got for Portugal. They've got the ex-Arsenal right-back Bellerin, but he's on loan. Uh, they've, the... they've got Nabil Fekir, the, the Fekir. French international. Yeah, um, yeah they, I mean, as you, as you scan through their squad, John, they, they look to have a bit of quality. But if you, yeah. the, the reason that, that they're in this competition is that they finished sixth in La Liga last season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the day, John, I, I hope they're a poor side and I, I hope that Celtic go out there and they can compete against them and and bring a great result away from Seville. Um, I think whenever you go away in Europe, uh, whenever you travel, you always anticipate a difficult game. And I think any team from uh, La Liga would give you a test. Um, they finish sixth. You know, there's some, there's some decent teams in there. Oh, you look yeah. at Valencia, you look at Real Madrid, Barcelona, you know, Atletico Madrid, these type of teams. So they're just finishing in behind them in, in La Liga. Uh, I don't know, John. What what do you think? I I think it'll be a tough game. I really do. I I think it will be a tough game. Yeah. Um, I think Celtic missing, you know, Kyogo. You know, obviously, the the game of the weekend. You know, despite being a great result, I didn't. I thought it was a little bit disjointed. I thought mm. the way he performed was, it was it was good enough, obviously, to get a great result. But yeah. um, you know, I thought we could have done better at times. Um, and, do you think you know, is good enough, John? Do you, do you know, John? I, I, I'm not. I'm not too sure yet. I'm not. I've not seen him score enough goals with his feet. Um, you, you'll remember back in the day, John you used to score loads. The ball, your feet, ball, your head. Um, Ayeti is yet to score many goals at his feet. Um, and I think that's where Ayeti can improve. Do you think it's through a lack of maybe not playing on a on a regular on a more consistent basis? Where that's what Ayeti will say. You know, he's thrown in years. He sits on the bench for three or four games, he waits for an injury, and he can't just quite get that little bit of momentum which you need as a centre forward um, to get used to playing with, with other players and you know, you pick up your movement and you peel off the the, the, mm. the, the shoulder of the defender. You know, that's what he will come back and say. But sometimes you you can almost tell when Kyogo comes in, 
you could almost say was a player there. And as, as another John, who was a Celtic fan, who was on earlier in the show, said, he actually got off to quite a good goal-scoring start because yeah. I remember him scoring up at Sanadise, came off the bench, uh, John and East Co-Bride, uh, came off the bench and, you know, he he did actually get a few goals to begin yeah. with. He, I, he did get think... himself started and, and then yeah. it seemed to fizzle out from there. I just don't think the Celtic fans are, are convinced yet. I think they want him to score goals. I think they want to, you know... Um, Ayeti to score goals when he plays but I'm just not sure that the fans are, are, they're probably like me and they're probably like John the caller um, you know he, he just doesn't he doesn't link too well in terms of you know when the ball's played mm-hmm. into him he's he sometimes gives it away uh, but I'm willing to give him a chance John and, what, and particularly while Keogh mm-hmm. goes out of the team and there's no Griffith there's no Edward there's no Christie We've got no other strikers. Jack and Marcus, we're waiting for. Don't know why he's not fit, but you know he's had three months since since the the, the Eredivisie league finished. Why isn't he fit to play? I have no idea. That's a question for the the sports science and the guys at Celtic Park. But um, I am willing to give him an opportunity while while he's only fit striker at the club. We're going to need him. We're going to need him to step up, aren't we? Well, I think certainly we've got a few a few games without Kyogo. Mm. Then Ayeti is, as you quite like to say, John, he is our only option. Yeah. Uh, but my my thinking behind Ayeti is as long as you can get service to him in some some way, you know. Um, I felt as though the balls uh, the box were good for Ayeti to get on, and he was in and about the kind of six yard area as mm. all good strikers are. Um, you know, and that that that's a good thing. Um, it'd be good to see him score kind of. A little bit more different kind of goals. See if he can get a bit more agile and stuff like that, and get shots away. Um, and you know, it'd be nice to see. But yeah, obviously missing Kyogo, Edwards at Crystal Palace, uh, and Griffiths the way to Dundee. So yeah, it certainly will be a Yeti's time to shine. It, it does feel at the moment as if there are quite a lot of goals at Celtic to replace because uh, John there has just mentioned Griffiths away to Dundee. Edouard already scoring at Palace. Ryan Christie is another one who's been a prolific scorer for Celtic. He's now a Bournemouth player. That's a big total of goals, Crags, that have gone. It is. Uh, you know, what would be slightly concerning is, is that Albion has been at the club for a year and he still hasn't convinced people of his abilities or what he brings to the team or what his main attributes are. Um, you know, that can't all just be down to, you know, bad luck or the manager not picking. He's been through three managers. Neil Lennon didn't make him first choice. John Kennedy didn't make him first choice. Uh, and Ange Postacoglu hasn't made him first choice. So there's a there's a theme come through that. It can't always be about well, you know. John said earlier, you know, he hasn't had his chance. I'm a big believer to you know to counteract that. You get a chance every day in training. You get a chance every time you go in that training pitch. You get a chance to show the manager what you can do, not just what you do at the weekend. So you've never got to play ahead of Edward and Griffiths when they were fit. Well, you've got to go and prove that. You've got to go and dispel mm. that myth. Mm. You've got to go and show. Do you know what? I am going to be ready. Because or, or I'm going to train every day waiting for my chance. It could come yeah. at any minute. It could come five minutes into the game. It could come five minutes uh, before the end. Because you've got to be mentally and physically ready, John, that when the manager says, go and play, you can't go on and labour about and, and, and look a little bit disinterested. Mm. Because he has got a goal-scoring instinct within the, the, the six-yard box and 18-yard box. And John from East Kilbride was saying that. And we said it earlier in the programme. However, he's got to bring more. You can't just say, well, I'm the goal-scorer. I play in the 18-yard box. You've got to run challenge. You've got to come out of your comfort zone. You've got to do something different that catches the eye of the manager, catches the eye of your teammates, and more importantly, with the supporters, they think, right, this guy's for us. This is what we need to do. Because Celtic want to play a certain way, and if you don't have the dynamics or the physicality to be able to do it, you won't play. It's simple as that. 
And you might have your first choice front three, but over the season, you know, and, and the absence of Kyogo is underlining that at the moment, you're going to need four, five and six strikers to deliver at some stage or another. Otherwise, you want to be uh, getting Ayeti out of there, John Hartson, and getting somebody else in who is actually going to be seriously competing for a place. Well, we knew this. We, we knew this situation when, when, um, when the club let Edward's contract run down and let Christie's contract run down for the last last ten months at the club. They they had uh, you know they had decent money for the pair of them. And when you think about it, with a year left on the with less than a year left on their contracts, so straight away the, the club go in and buy the leading goal scorer in the Eredivisie last season, and he's not fit. Mm. That's incredibly frustrating for for the manager. I've no doubt about that. Uh, he would have known his physical state before he went in for him because he would he would have checked him out and spoke to him and everything else. So we knew this, but um, this the bottom line is, Ayeti's got the next five or six games to put his mark on the team and appease the supporters. And the one way you do that is by scoring goals. Get yourself into goal-scoring positions on Thursday night. Hopefully Abada can pick you out on one side. Hopefully Jota, as Craig said, work hard, run the channels. I don't. It's not really his game. It's like asking me to run the channels. It wasn't my game. I used to make sure that I played in the width of the 18-yard box and I worked defenders and I, I bullied defenders. I beat them in the air. At my aerial challenges, get hold of the ball, stick your chest, get across the defender, keep the ball for the team, play well. If you can't run in behind like I couldn't run in behind, I couldn't particularly run out and close the fullback. wasn't my game. But what the other, the other attributes that I had, I scored goals, I got on the end of crosses, and yet he has to do these. He has to do the basics now, and he can keep himself in the team. Ultimately, by one thing: going and scoring goals and winning Celtic football matches. I saw you running the channels once. Did I dream that? Possibly. Yeah, I think maybe I must. One I, was about fifteen. Maybe. I, I think I must have done. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there are two big talking points then, John, um, at the moment um, for the Celtic fans. It seems it's about the absence of. Uh, Kyogo can Ayeti make the most of this opportunity he's got and also defensively um, how convinced are you about your team it was uh, Cameron Vickers uh, Carter Vickers I should say at the weekend and uh, Starfelt as as the central defensive partnership uh, are you happy with that? Do you know I, I, I'm reasonably you know quite alright with the defence I think you know with the return of Julian I think that'll be a good boost to the kind of centre half area and I think you know with with those two at the back I mean obviously our Vickers has just arrived Starfield is just trying to get into a game there is there is a couple of you know you want to you watch Celtic and you've seen the save that Joe Hartmate and the ball got you know launched into the kind of six yard area Joe Hartmate's an incredible save I think that chance could have been defended better if it's a better team it's a goal um, but you know, I think you have to give these guys the chance. Um, and I think, you know, given that attacking, attacking front is, you know, very well, you know, it works reasonably well. Um, you know, obviously, exception of um, maybe the next four or five weeks, uh, you know, I think defensively, you know, we'll, need, we'll be needing to show up on many occasions, especially against Batiste. You know, we'll need to show up. It's okay, John, saying... Yeah, we, we need to give these guys a chance. It is, I totally get it. I totally get that a new back four. Juranovic has come in, um, you know, of late uh, for Ralston. And then you've got the likes of Taylor's come in. Um, and it, that changed. For the, he, wasn't, he wasn't there for the Celtic game. And then you had the likes of Welsh mixed it up with 
A beat on started at the start of the season. Carter Vickers has now come in with Starfield. I totally get it's a brand new back four. These guys have never played with each other ever in their in their lives. Now they've got to go in and all of a sudden be ready, you know, to keep clean sheets, everything else. So it's okay saying, yes, it's early. I get it. But that's to the detriment of Celtic conceding goals. You know, can they defend strongly? That's to the detriment of Celtic mm. losing games. Well, well, you'll find out because tomorrow night will be another game where you'd imagine... Uh, Betis will have a little bit of You're desperate for this to be tomorrow night, aren't you? Sorry, sorry Thursday night. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> you know, but they'll still have, you know, they'll have a bit of the ball at the home side. Their fans will drive them on. Mm. They'll have a, a bit of pressure. Very similar to Alkmaar. You know, so you've got to stand up. You've got to defend well. You've got to defend your duels 1v1. You've got to get your body shaped right for cross balls coming into the box. You've got to go for seconds. You've got to have blocks. So all that will come through time. Sometimes you've got to learn on the game. You've got to learn in big games. And you've got to stand up much, and make your way. What time are you talking about? What time frame are you giving it before? Well, it, does Celtic have to keep winning? Do they have to keep keep clean sheets? Because they're going to come under, you know, a lot I think of as long pressure. as you can see progress. As long as you can see, Europe. as long as you can see progress. So you say you don't mind losing games because you, well, no, well, naturally you want to win games. Of course you do. But if you concede in goals, but you think they're avoidable, or you see there's progress. Well, we'll soon find out they can defend. Mm. That, that that that's the key to it. I mean, ultimately you'd love to keep clean sheets and win games. That's that's the outcome. That's what they want. But when you're bringing players in, because I don't think Greg it Taylor will play tomorrow. Night. Greg Taylor went off with a shoulder on Saturday again. Mm. You know, he dislo- I, I, I think he's had a dislocated yeah. shoulder, but right. it can pop back in. But if it keeps pop popping back out, eventually you're going to need surgery. And do Celtic have cover at left back? Well, uh, yeah, Juranovic played there in the, in yeah. the firm game, so I wonder is that a possibility with Tony, with Tony Ralston? Ralston. Do you know what? I, I, Celtic fans never thought you'd hear this at the start of the season. I think they missed Tony Ralston a little bit at the weekend. <laughs> he's been such a driving force from that yeah. right back. And listen, Juranovic got forward and he was fine. But Ralston pops up in areas where nobody expects him to pop yeah, up. Yeah, and he poses problems and he drags yeah. people in. And just his enthusiasm and his atmosphere, everything about him. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, John was talking about it there, saying at the game and sat. I thought they were a little bit disjointed. I didn't think they were as fluent as what they were. But naturally, you're losing Christie out of that group and you're losing for a hash out of that group. And players are coming back from international duty and Ralston's not playing. And Juranovic just went from left back to right back. Carter Vickers comes in and plays a well. So you're making a lot of Changes, mm. so it's hard to make all those changes and get fluency immediately. Yeah. I mean, they had enough to win the game, but they will need a little bit more than that. Come I, I hear the I hear the frustration uh, from John Hartson mm. about where Celtic are at at the moment. And John um, and East Kilbride, I, I'm, do you feel the same thing that that this is the frustrating? You do see progress uh, at times, spectacular progress in terms of the last six weeks over what's happened, mm. but it's frustrating to be piecing this together, isn't it? around so many important games the games that really matter you know both financially and otherwise you know that's the kind of you know the double-edged sword for Celtic you know you have to get it right that's that's where um, John, John's right uh, you know these guys are expected to hit the ground running um, I'm getting a more I, I'm a patient Celtic fan and I think Ange Postacoglu I think he'll when, when I think he went to Japan, I think he said it took a year for the full team to get up and running. And I just keep that in my head that there's yeah. a kind of longevity. Despite our, you know, fast, out the traps, good play, you know, you know, I think in the first three games where we had over 100 shots, um, you know, I think we have to give it time. And yeah. I think that's obviously something that, you know, is going to resonate with most Celtic fans. Um, you know, I do appreciate there's a there's a mixed bag, but um, yeah, I, I'm prepared to give the guy give you know the back four time. Celtic want a, a, want want another sixty thousand like you, I think. Uh, patient, patient football fans. That's <laughs> that that's what they're after. Is this feeling a bit like a pilgrimage to you uh, back to Seville, John? 
do you know? Um, I, I was I was too young to go to Seville the first time, and I remember just I watched the highlights, um, and I remember Martin O'Neill talking about um, the last time we went to Seville and uh, Big John in the studio, um, the now. Mm-hmm. And I was absolutely gutted. And I remember being, you know, that small watching the TV, and I'm thinking, why is John Hartson missing from this squad? What's yeah. going on? What's happened? Um, and uh, Martin O'Neill talked about it. Um, what What's your kind of memories of of Seville, John? What's your What was your thoughts on that day? Well, obviously, I was I was I was disappointed. I wasn't able to make the final, John, because I'd played in every other game, mm-hmm. and we'd had some big wins along the way, as you know, Liverpool, Vigo. Bo Vista, Stuttgart, Stuttgart yeah. Blackburn. You know, we we knocked out two Premier League teams along the way. So we we show that we were a match for the Premier League teams at the time. People say the standard and everything else. So we were right mm. up for it going into them games. One was Graham Sooner. Yeah, I was, was just I was just going to say what, 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 what about what about Sooner? That yeah. that that Sooner's, um What what was it he said again? Well, I was surprised that Graham, a man of his experience and his his, his knowledge on the game. We played Blackburn at home and I came off the bench in the last minute and I got over above Craig Short and I bulleted a header in the bottom corner. Brad Friedel saved it. Henry Glasson tapped in the re- in, tapped in the rebound. We won the game 1-0. Blackburn were very good. They had Andy Cole, Dwight York, David Thompson, Craig Short, Friedel. They had, they had really good oh. players playing for them. And they played very well at Celtic Park. So when we go back to Ewood the week after, Ewood Park... Graham Sooners had, had already said in his press conference, it's going to be men against boys. We'll turn them over when they come down here. Yeah. We outplayed them. We outclassed them. It's, it's men against boys. That was the exact words. So if you can imagine, Martin pinned it all up in the dressing room, didn't need a team talk. And we went out them and we absolutely obliterated them 2-0 on their home patch. Chris Sutton scoring for Blackburn, of course, Premier League winner down there. Henrik got our first goal. I remember chasing Damien Duff up and down the right-hand side all night. Uh, just did it, filled in for the team type of thing. But uh, no, and as I said, mate, it was it was a wonderful occasion. But I don't know about you, John, but I just wish we, we could have won it. But the fans had their day in the sun. Yeah, The run to the final was absolutely extraordinary. Some of the teams and the performances that we put in, in, in particular of that uh, UEFA Cup, um, and listen, it, it was it was a wonderful run uh, to win against Boa Vista. That night was incredible, and the lads got to bed till about seven o'clock that night. We went back to Portugal and some hotel in in Portugal with Boa Vista, and then we come home. We got six weeks to prepare for um, a European final, so the players are, are yeah. absolutely bouncing. You know, magical memories. Uh, enjoy yourself uh, in Seville, John, and uh, hope we get the result you're after as well. Cheers, John. Thanks so much, guys. See you all the best. Bye bye. Bye bye. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Well, we've mentioned him uh, quite a few times in the course of the show, but we haven't spoken about what he did at the weekend. Uh, the absence of Odson Edouard, the departure, the eventual departure of uh, the man who scored so many goals for Celtic over the last few seasons. Um, has certainly been touched upon uh, but what a debut for Crystal Palace at the weekend for Odson Edward only the fourth player in English Premier League history to score more than once as a substitute on debut in that uh, competition in fact the first since Sergio Aguero did it in August 2011 and John Hartson scoring after 28 seconds uh, coming off the bench yeah well listen we, we know of his qualities don't we we know we saw enough of him Edouard is world-class on his day, but he didn't try a leg last season. 
everybody knows that. I think his head had been turned. He didn't. He didn't work as hard. He, he never chased down. He all right. He scored. I think it was 19 league goals, 29 goals, and a lot of other strikers would be delighted with that tally. Oh. But um, no, I, I, I listen, I would have liked to have kept him. I've said that. I think he would have helped Celtic this season immensely um, if you could have got him, if Ange could have got him like on board. In terms of what's at stake, I think he would have helped the club uh, progress. And and Celtic obviously are trying to get their title uh, back you know, from Rangers and having had such a great run before Rangers won it last season. Um, but he's gone now and uh, listen we mentioned him but I don't really want to be mentioning him every week because he's gone he's not a Celtic player anymore now he's I wish him good luck and and, and that, that's it for me so you got though when he scored I, I I don't remember as big a smile Rob it's been a long time since, mm. uh, since I went and started smiling his face how long how long uh, since he you know smiled genuinely watched, to be happy as a I Celtic haven't watched player enough, I haven't watched all the games to show all the goals of Celtic but certainly you know that the emotion that came out of him, that you know, the smile is almost—I wouldn't say it was shock. It was almost like, you know, what a start that was. Mm. But jumping, celebrating my fans. Of course, last year there was no fans, but just in general, I—he looked really content, as if I've made this decision. I'm now where I want to be, and 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 playing in the Premier League. Um, and you know, Scottish football gets kicked and smashed all over the place from people down in England saying rubbish, not very good. Uh, pub league, nobody enjoys watching it. When you think of Van Dyke and Robertson and McGinn and Wanyama and Ki Sung Young and, and 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 who? Kieran Tierney. And Kieran Tierney. And now you've got Odds and Edward. So there's a continual flow and to be fair, the majority of them come in from Celtic. Mm. So their, their scouting network and their recruitment over the years and, and, and bringing young players through has been absolutely terrific. So uh, it just shows you Scottish football maybe isn't at the level of, of top English football, but certainly players and the top players in this league of which Celtic still have a few, which Rangers have a few, can are, and, and there's young ones at Aberdeen, Calvin Ramsey, and there's Nathan Patterson at Rangers, and Josh Doyle at Hibs. There's no doubt those young players could go and play and make an impact at some stage in the Premier League. So I think it's good for our game. Someone mm. leaves here and goes there and scores you know, two goals in six minutes is an incredible return. Uh, and there must be a few clubs thinking, for 14 million, there's absolutely no risk attached to that no. whatsoever. You only have to look at his past, look at under 21 stuff. There was no risk attached. And a few chairmen and a few managers who, who had thought about it, maybe looking at the weekend and thinking, we should have went for him. Even right, as a second Frank, or third choice, they should have no went for risk. him. There's no risk for, the for that top, money. Top. That's like petty cash in no, the English Premier League. For the top eight no. championship teams. Well, they're sending young players, John, they're sending under 18 players for that. And, and these clubs who've yeah. been up and down over the years. And, and the money they've spent. You know, the type of money that they get with yeah. the TV rights in England championship and everything else so the top eight championships clubs you know no risk in terms of paying yeah. that type of money for him you but, know, you, because... but you, you do wonder um, I know I know you're feeling as he's history now because he's, he's gone from Celtic but you do wonder uh, what he's going to go on to achieve I mean he's off to he's off to a spectacular start and it's quite ironic isn't it that in the week that Moussa Dembele comes back to Glasgow uh, with Lyon um, and we'll remember what he did in his two years at Celtic, and and you do wonder what sort of player Odson Edouard can become. Although it's interesting, isn't it? They're both they both made big impressions with the French under twenty ones. Moussa Dembélé's never won a a, a senior French cup, but yeah. he's got a bit of competition there, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got good competition, but uh, and obviously he, he'll um, he's got a fantastic goal at the weekend. Craig's yeah. watched him, um, but I wanted to keep Edouard, and I'll say it again. Uh, I think for fourteen million pounds. Uh, you know, I, I feel you could have got the same for him next summer. I really do. Uh, but obviously, I think Ange had a, a carefree attitude towards it. Look, if 
players want to move on. This is how Ange talks. He's, you know, he's very balanced, very honest. If they want to move on, if they don't want to be here, the same as Ryan Christie, then they can go. Um, and ultimately, they've got what they think is decent money for both players. And they've let both players go. But I would have certainly looked at Edouard and thought, now, in particular, it's looking like now we could have done with keeping him with Kyogo mm. out for the next five or six weeks. But listen, I don't make the decisions at Celtic Park. I'm like a fan. That's all I am now. I come on here to talk about football with my experience and my career, you know, to boot. All I know, I'm just like a fan. So a lot of fans would disagree and say, I oh, would glad to get rid of him. Personally, I would love to have kept Edouard because I think him in the Celtic squad, even three quarters at it, it makes the team stronger. Yeah, well, we saw how many goals he scored being uh, three quarters at it, even if uh, he was that much at it. You mentioned Calvin Ramsey there. Uh, there is talk, the rumour machine, which had Everton chasing Nathan Patterson and having seemingly been rebuffed and now interested in the, the Aberdeen right-back who's just recently turned 18, but he is quite a talent. He's, he's going to be a good one. I mean, Nathan Patterson's grabbing all the headlines because he's at Rangers, naturally, you know, and they attract more... Uh, media attention and uh, probably more speculation, but for just turning 18, my only worry is is don't go now. Even the likes of Nathan Patterson, they've only played, I mean, Calvin Ramsey's only probably, has he played double figures? He wouldn't have played double figures in the first team, Rob. If he has, then it's just slightly yeah. over 10. Nathan Patterson, between 15 and 20. You know, you want to get more games under your belt. There's no point in leaving Aberdeen and going to Everton because that's the club was linked. I'm just, you know, following on the speculation and playing in the 23s are not playing in the first team. You're better staying at Aberdeen, getting yourself to 40, 50, 60 games, or even get yourself to 40 at the end of the season. You're a much more rounded player. You understand how the game works. You're probably more prepared to go and push for someone's first team having played that number of games. If you go and you've only played what, 10, 12, 14 games, you've still a lot of learning to do. You've got to learn in first team somewhere. So I think Aberdeen's a good place for him at the minute, as Rangers is for Nathan Patterson. But these two young right-backs are going to be big stars in the future if they're not already just now we're all involved in the Europa League this week uh, John you're off early doors uh, tomorrow yeah. the, the road to Seville yes, <laughs> all, all, all over again I'm fit this time Rob yeah well that, that's good that's good you're, 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 you're more likely to well, run the, you're some might differ John but there you go <laughs> you're, you're, you're maybe more likely to run the channels this time actually than, than you were last time but um, w w are you optimistic for, for Celtic do you think they've got enough uh, to do a professional job because you would imagine if you were if you were offered a draw in Seville at the moment would you take that? I think I would I think opening up with the Europa League um, you know, the two games that, that we have Bayer Leverkusen and um, and Ferenc Varos I think a, a draw away from home probably to our second toughest toughest opponents if you like maybe um, how strong Bayer Leverkusen are the, the German sides are pretty much mm. always pretty strong competitive so yes the answer to the question is yes I would take a point now for, for from from Thursday night's game would Rangers take a point, Crags, as well at this stage? I mean, it's a home game. It's against the best team in the group. Uh, Rangers are in something of defensive disarray, you would say. Uh, it's it's It could well be, unless Conor Goldson comes back, that's possible. Um, it's going to look pretty makeshift in that central defence on Thursday. Yeah, I think they could come out unscathed. I mean, not many people would say publicly, and the fans will you know, get up and say, we can go and win the game. Of course they can go and win the game, but they can quite easily lose also. You know, because they're a good side who've got quality in the right areas, Rob. It's not just about Dembele. All the focus is not on him. They've got Paqueta, Brazilian. They've got Awar, who's linked with Arsenal all the time. Uh, Akembe, uh, plays by Les Shaqiri. Oh. So they've got really big threats 
in the final third it can go and hurt Rangers so if Goldson's out absolutely Rangers would say we'll take a draw we'll get everyone back and move on to the next one however home games in, in European football at Ibrox and at Celtic Park can take the players beyond what they think they can achieve sometimes so a win is possible but again I think it'll depend on, for, on player availability and in terms of making European progress for Scottish football John it's yet again down to Rangers and Celtic we did hope that uh, Hibs and Aberdeen and St Johnston might have gone a little bit further than they did I think lots of plaudits to St Johnston uh, but it's down to the big two again uh, to continue hopefully this upward climb yeah, and the groups at this stage, the group games are, yes, they're competitive, but there's opportunities there to qualify into that last 32. And it's just the draw and, you know, momentum. Um, by then, you're going to be into, you know, past January. You can add again in terms of your group and your squad. So, yeah, I think I'd be looking for both teams to get out of the groups and then look to look to push on Rangers last season. What was it, last eight quarterfinal, yep. was it? Um, and obviously Celtic have gone out in the the previous before the, in the last 32 they've not been able to go any further um, so you, you better I, get to your bed you've got an early start I've got an early start yeah. mate thanks and, a lot um, and I'll say goodnight to you now Rob yeah. thanks good to have you on the show as ever John Craggs as well good to have you all with us as well thanks for your calls thanks for listening uh, back tomorrow with uh, Barry Ferguson and Marvin Bartley live at five the Go Radio Football Show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five 